and you have to go through it. No going around it. You have to go through it. And as we know, that fear is a mofo. But my thing is, God places the very best things in life on the other side of fear. That has been my experience, and that has been the experience of many others that have gone through that fear. You know, it's tough. It's tough. And I tell you what, being a Christian didn't lead to my healing at all. You know, doing spirituality did. Welcome to the Cosmic Keys Podcast, Season 4, Episode 4. And on today's show, I'm speaking with Justin Williams. Justin is the host of the Hidden Gateway Podcast and author of the new book, In the Eye of the Father, a memoir on faith and redemption. On this episode of Cosmic Keys with Justin, we cover a lot of really interesting topics, mainly related to Justin's book, In the Eye of the Father, which I just finished reading. We go into a lot of different um, subjects because the topic of Justin's book involves overcoming difficulties in life, overcoming challenges in life, and how throughout parts of his life, Justin was using religion and Christianity to face those challenges. And then more recently, that he's had a more metaphysical, spiritual awakening that took him away from traditional Christianity. So again, this is another show where I t- I cover the dichotomy between New Age and Christianity. And in this case, um, it's really a story of Christianity to the New Age. Um, I know I've covered New Age to Christian, but this is really Christian to New Age. And again, I'm not really taking a side. I, I'm fascinated by this topic. And I, I kind of ask a lot of questions that are difficult and require deep thinking. So just like the book itself, this conversation goes into really deep territory where a lot of philosophical deep questions are addressed. And Justin is great. He's a great podcast host. I really recommend you guys check out The Hidden Gateway. And he's a great author. I recommend you check out his book. Um, So yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, If you guys are interested in getting an astrology reading with me, I am doing this full time now. So just go to CosmicKeysPodcast.com slash readings to book with me. Getting your birth chart read is kind of step one in being able to really use astrology in your everyday life so that when you listen to forecasts like the one I put out each week, you really know what is aligning with your chart and really the process of learning the wisdom that's locked within astrology is learning the zodiac, learning the planets, learning where they fall in your chart, and then paying attention to them because it's that as above, so below dichotomy. So CosmicKeysPodcast.com slash readings to get a reading with me. Alrighty, so without further ado, stay tuned for my interview with Justin Williams of the Hidden Gateway Podcast right now. All 
Alrighty, so today on the Cosmic Keys podcast, I'm speaking with the host of the Hidden Gateway podcast, Justin Williams. Um, Justin has a great show that he had me on as a guest called The Hidden Gateway. And also, he's the author of this memoir called In the Eye of the Father, a memoir of faith and redemption, which I finished. And it's a really great book, like very personal memoir style story. It's a really fascinating story of Justin's main biography and kind of what led him into this path where we're connected now, where he's a podcaster and he's exploring all of these different topics that I'm also really interested in. So, um, and me and Justin have met in person. He, he was, we didn't get a chance to record in person, but we did meet up briefly um, on my little uh, Southwest road trip journey. So we got to hang out in person for a little bit and it was awesome out there in Sedona, Arizona. So uh, I'm really excited to talk to Justin today and pick his brain a little bit on what was covered in his book and what he covers on his podcast. So welcome to the show, Justin. How are you doing today? Man, I'm excellent, Dan. How are you, man? I'm good. Good. We were kind of pre-chatting a little bit. Um, I'm here in Denver now. So you're my first, you're my first interview in the new studio i, I kind of share this studio i like with, it man. with another roommate so uh yeah big changes and and the last time we were together well it's funny my decision my breakthrough moment happened literally like right after like I, we met up in sedona and then i uh, made my way back home right but literally probably within like 20 30 minutes after we hung out I had this crazy experience where I was like, I have to do this. Like, I, <laughs> I, so it's, it's kind of funny. And now we're just catching up, you know, in this, in this interview um, after that happened. But I was just curious, like how the rest of your trip went when we were down there. You know, it was cool, man. I, we, wife and I, we weren't there much long after we, you know, um, split with you, man. Um, we were there maybe another hour, hour and a half. We, you, you told us to go to a certain point and I forgot the name of it, but you, you highly recommended you like, man, you got to go there. Cause remember I asked you, I said, you know, what, what is, what should we do over here, man? Cause you know, I had got in pretty late the night before and mm-hmm. had some work to do that, that early morning. And then, you know, I finally got out, uh, got out into the world, if you will. And that's when we met up with you. And I asked you, where should we go? It started with a B pointing. I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was something Canyon. Yeah. I forgot was, the name too. <laughs> it was beautiful, man. It was yeah. beautiful, man. You know, that was the first, time as you know that we, we were in Sedona wife and I and uh just gorgeous up there man just gorgeous and we we went to that trail or that canyon whatever it was and kind of hung out a little bit took some some pics and uh grabbed a bite to eat and then we were back on the road man so yeah yeah it, I I mean I had a lot of days on my road trip that were kind of like that where um I was just like googling really fast i was like where's the vortexes and there was like this, <laughs> this list and i was kind of just like okay google maps and like how far away is everything and um that that was a cool spot it was like i don't know if you noticed there was kind of like a resort being there was a resort like right nestled in there i'm like damn that is some prime real oh, estate right there i didn't notice that wow yeah i saw like little golf carts riding around but um <laughs> 
yeah the the days we were there though the the uh weather was great and there's mm-hmm. definitely sedona is really cool like i mean just the the natural layout of the area like i've I, i've right. seen stuff in utah and and it's 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 deserty but there's like some lushness there too it's really it's a really cool spot for sure Nice. Yes, yeah, Sedona's spot on. I I haven't been to Utah. I have driven through Utah when I'm when we moved from uh from Michigan to California mm-hmm. back in 2012. And uh Utah is pretty beautiful as well. A lot of gorgeous mountains, but man, Sedona, that Sedona has my heart, man. It's wife and I were talking about that last week. Like we we said we have to we have to make it back up there, you know, probably for a, for a few days so we can really get out and see the town and, and get into nature a bit, you know. Yeah, it, it, I definitely want to go back. And even the area to the north, uh, it's like Oak Creek, I think it's called. Uh, that drive, like from Flagstaff to Sedona, you're kind of like in this valley next to this creek. And it's different than Sedona, but that's really beautiful too. So, but um, yeah, so for for people who... Um, haven't listened to your show or might not be familiar with you. Could you just give a a brief kind of background about your background and how you um, ended up starting your podcast, the hidden gateway? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've been doing the hidden gateway podcast now since December of 2020 and uh, on the show, um, you know, we, we cover a variety of topics. We cover, you know, spirituality, technology, um, social issues. We also talk about world events, a little bit of everything, man, a little bit of everything. I've, I've had a, a fun ride, man. It's been really great. I've had some awesome guests on such as yourself. That was a really cool episode. Got a, a lot of great feedback about that episode. Um, I've hosted niche. I know you're familiar with her. She's, she was an excellent guest as well. Um, Tommy Chong, um, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., David Icke. So I've had some had some pretty cool people on, man. I've been been very fortunate. And um, you know, just heading back to 2020, man, when I started it, you know, uh that was a year that that changed changed the world as we say, right? A lot of people affected once uh the the good old virus hit and uh myself like millions of other people, man, I, I was I was laid off work, you know, and had all this time on my hands. And at that point, what my wife and I decided to do was to take our um, our diet, our health and nutrition to to a, to the next level, if you will. Right. We when we lived in San Diego, uh, we we lived in San Diego from 2012 to 2018. So we've been in Arizona now for about four years. But when we lived in San Diego, we decided to cut out pork out of our diet. Right. We said, OK, let's let's get healthy, still eating red meat, seafood, et cetera. But then once 2020 hit, uh, we decided to cut out uh, red meat as well as uh, chicken and started doing more of a plant-based diet. And we also started doing intermittent fasting as well. And um, just that alone, I, I tell you for like the first 30 days really did a work on me. Right. It, it really, um, I, I think it just made me rise higher a little bit, man. You know, if, if anything, you know, just doing that intermittent fasting and, you know, I used to deal with a little bit of brain fog and used to stay tired a lot. You know, I had more clarity in my thoughts, good energy boost, and I just felt lighter, felt real good. So I'm sitting at home, got laid off in March of 2020, started doing intermittent fasting. And then uh, I got in contact with a, with a friend of mine, guy I've known for like over 20 something odd years, man, really good guy, consider him, consider him a brother. 
And, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we touch base here and there um, over the years, you know, and uh, so we, when we connected in 2020, I think it about it probably been about a solid year since we really talked, but uh, we started talking and uh, he started telling me about spirituality. He started telling me about, um, you know, um, Archangel Metatron and a lot of different things and meditations. And he introduced me to a meditation called the gateway experience. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I started doing that and I started having these out of body experiences while doing, doing gateway. And, and for those that are not familiar with gateway, I'll just give a little, little brief rundown on that. So it's a guided meditation and it was created by a guy by the name of Bob Monroe, Robert Monroe back in the seventies. And he created these, what are called binaural beats. And what binaural beats are is when you're wearing earbuds or, or headphones and a, and a sound wave, a different sound wave goes into each ear. And then once that gets into your mind, your brain, it uh, sinks the left and right hemisphere of the brain and it creates another, a third sound wave. And what that does is puts you in a very, very relaxed, deep state of relaxation. And he has these meditations that you do the guided meditations using those beats. And uh, way back then in the seventies, man, he, he started having these out of body experiences. Uh, the military, the army caught wind of it. They sent some of their scientists and top officials to his facilities to see what was going on. They pretty much took the technology and weaponized it. You know, they start doing remote viewing on both the Russians as well as the Chinese. And uh, to this day, I'm pretty sure they, they weaponize it. In fact, I heard some crazy stuff about a year ago that they're actually, the CIA is actually trying to map the spirit world. How true that is. I don't know. But uh, I started doing this meditation for the first time in life and having all these experiences and seeing entities. And it really coincided with what I was told in San Diego by what I call the spirit. And what I was told is that nothing is as it seems. Right. And so all these spiritual world things were introduced to me and then it was dropped in my spirit, man, uh, early to mid December that I need to start a podcast. And so I was kind of like, what, you know, because, you know, because the way I was raised and, and you wrote, you, you, you read the book, right? My father was this military alcoholic guy who was very controlling, very abusive, both physically and, and verbally. And uh, I, I grew up without a voice, you know, of my own and not knowing how to express myself. And I was just like really quiet, um, introverted kid. And, and that carried over until my adulthood. So when the spirit spoke and said, start a podcast, like, I was like, hell no, I'm not starting this podcast. I'm not going to do it. But then, you know, sometimes you just had that tug and tug on your heart or on your spirit, man. So I was I was obedient to it. And uh, it's been a phenomenal ride, my friend. It really has. It's it's I've learned so much. Uh, about myself and uh it's been it's just led to so many other opportunities you know and uh i just feel like i I found my purpose you know and it's been it's been great so yeah that's awesome and i i really liked reading your book i haven't i hadn't read kind of like a memoir style book in a while and um it's really chronological like it goes really from your childhood all the way until today and there are a lot of developments in your story, you know, like you go into a lot of different um, areas. And I think I found it um, really relatable, like when you kind of just lay it out there, um, because I think 
like everybody has their uh their trauma like trauma or their like uh challenges in life and I, right. I i enjoy it when people just put it all out there and it's like and and it's also interesting that <laughs> like those challenges do ultimately lead you um to evolve into like better to better horizons and everything so it was a really cool story um and I kind of think there's definitely going to be a sequel because like at the very, <laughs> at the very end of the story, a lot of it changes. And that's, I mean, at, that the world changed a lot because the end of the story yeah. is like 2020 forward. Right. Um, uh-huh. So I, I totally see a sequel um, in the future, but one thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about um, like the, the theme of the book there's a lot of theme it's called in the eye of the father and like for really like three quarters of the book um you have like a christian faith and like a christian um like like you go into parts of the story where like things get really rough but then your faith in god um gets you out of the difficult situation so can you speak and and you know your 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 form of like i was raised catholic for example like could you speak at all kind of like on the cultural aspects of like the type of Christianity you were raised in and a little bit more about like that part of the story kind of in the earlier years of your life? Man, absolutely. Absolutely. So I was raised in a, uh, it's called church of God in Christ, uh, also known as Kojic, right? It's a Pentecostal and it is fact it's the largest Pentecostal denomination in the world. You know, literally churches, worldwide with millions upon millions of members. And uh, to, tell you, to tell you a little bit about that, you know, I was raised in a, raised in a black church, predominantly African-American, and uh, they do all types of things, man. Um, I'm talking about altar call. That's when the, the, the pastor or the minister at the end of service, they, they call up the, anyone from the congregation who wants to give their life to Jesus and to be saved, as they say. Um, they speak in tongues. They shout. Shouting is a, a form of dancing. Uh, that that they that uh, uh, church members do when when the Holy Spirit hits, them, you know, um, it, it's a it's a, it's they're they're very very strict. Like even with the women, and, and, and my mom is, is is Church of God in Christ, you know, to this day, obviously. Uh, but the women, they, their their dresses have to be like two inches below the knee, you know. It's it's, it's very very old school and, and very strict. And I was I grew up one of those kids that went to church, man three, four, five times a week, literally, man, literally, I was always going to church, always going to church and Sunday school, right? In fact, my mom, she's a licensed evangelist. You know, she has been for at least 25, 30 years now. And so I grew up in, in, in this Christian, Christian, Christian faith, um, you know, knowing and believing that Jesus died on the cross for, uh, for my salvation. And, um, and like you said, many times in life, especially early on, man, I, despite all the trauma I went through with my father, you know, I always turned to God or had this faith in God that, you know, everything was going to be all right. 
you know, and, and, you know, to tell the listeners about some of the trauma I went through with my father, you know, again, he was a, a Marine and alcoholic, you know, I used to get beat, beaten very, very, very badly to the point where I had these baseball sized bruises and, 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 uh, scars on, on my legs and on my back, you know, and, and this was like when I was four or five years old. Um, I remember watching my, my father chase my mom out of the house with a knife, literally wanting to kill her. He had made up in his mind that he was going to kill her. And the only thing that prevented that happening was my grandmother. Cause he called her as he was out looking for my mom. And my grandmother told him, said, you know, I know you love your children. Now, if you kill her, if you kill Eunice, you know, they're going to grow up without both parents because you're going to be in prison and she's going to be dead. So he, he, she, she talked him down. Um, I, I remember my brother, uh, you know, uh, getting beat up pretty bad by my father and he, he'd take his belt and wrap it around his neck and drag him through the house, you know? And, and again, he was like 10, 11, 12. I remember one time in middle school when my, my father poured hot oil, literally boiling oil over my head. Cause I didn't wash my hair and take a shower by the time he came home for work at night when he told me to do the night before. So a lot of, a lot of traumatic events and not to mention, not to forget the, the verbal abuse too. That, that was actually worse than the, the physical abuse, Dan, mm-hmm. that psychological abuse, right. That, that I went through the controlling, the, you know, never have the feeling of never, never being good enough, et cetera. And uh, so I went through all this and that that's, that's why um you know, I turned out to be who I was as far as a quiet guy, uh, introverted guy, et cetera. But once 2020 hit and I start started to develop a relationship with Archangel Metatron, and once I realized that my truth was not Christ dying on the cross for my salvation, but having a personal relationship with God as well as divine beings was the best fit for my reality. And prior to all this, even from in San Diego, my wife and I, we were searching, man. We, we tried different churches, different religions, different teachings online, and nothing sat well in the spirit. And I tell people all the time, I'm, I feel, I am, not I feel, I am closer to God now in this day and age in my life right now than I have ever been before. I mean, the clarity, the, the, the messages, the downloads, it's, it's, it's amazing. It, it, it really is. It, it's amazing. So um, to go from, you know, being raised in this church, old school church to where I am today, it, it wasn't easy, especially early on, because I did have doubts that if I was doing the right thing, but I had to unprogram myself, right? Because to me, all that is, is programming. And I'm not coming down on people that, that are Christian, Catholic, or, or, or whatever people believe in. That's their reality. That's their purpose for this moment in their life. You know, I'm not saying, oh, you're wrong for doing it. I, I'm just simply saying, ensuring my experiences is my reality and, and what I know to, to be my truth. So I don't want people to take it the wrong, the, the wrong way. But uh, ever since doing that, man, life has been, uh, the veil has been unlifted, if you will, right? And I see things for what they are. I've learned that the real world is a spiritual world and this, this planet we live on is, is, is not, you know, and uh, I always knew that there was something greater out there in my spirit, but to come to find out the truth about it all. And I still have a lot to learn. Uh, it's, it's just been life changing. And then I had an ayahuasca experience, as you know, 
back in uh, 21. That, that was a whole nother, whole nother experience that really, really uh, showed me a, a whole lot in regards to the spiritual world. So, yeah. And um, that I, I, th- I like all of, all of what you're saying, like the, the, um, you know, the, the really challenging stuff about uh, going through that childhood and having like that really traumatic stuff happening you know, it kind of, do you have the sense that, um, that maybe that, that, that experience, um, might've kind of like enhanced your natural, like spiritual psychic sense, because I feel like, and I can, I, I personally feel this way about my life too, that, um, those situations when you're younger, you, um, your sixth sense gets a little bit jacked up because you Mm -hmm. have to, you need it for survival. And so if you are a bit um, worried or or paranoid about being in danger in your home, you, you almost turn on like a psychic um, spiritual sense to sort of like to, to turn up your sixth sense. Do you relate to that at all? Just with like kind of um, having that, having that, be activated in like a kind of like a hard way. Oh, absolutely. Dan, without doubt. And it's interesting. I love how you say the challenges you went through. A lot of people say the bad times and I've never say the bad times. I specifically always say the challenges and I'm thankful for those challenges that I experienced in my life with my father, as well as other challenges in my life. Why? Because those challenges were necessary for me to be, or to get where I am today. And the challenges that I have today are necessary for me to be where I'm supposed to be tomorrow and beyond, right? And then the part where you say, you know, the the psychic abilities or those challenges were necessary. It's funny you bring that up because I spoke with Tom Campbell about two months ago, had him on the show. Um, He's the guy who wrote My my Big Toe. And he's been doing having out-of-body experiences for like four decades long man he's, he's in the 70s and um he, he told me and i told him a little bit about my story and he told me that children that go through traumatic experiences like that as they become older a lot of them are very aware and become psychic and all these other great or, or become aware of all these other great gifts and, and use them you know so i found that very interesting but um, the fact that I had those experiences, um, like I said, without doubt, man, without doubt, um, were, were necessary for me to do to do what I'm doing today. It's kind of like um, if you think, you know, you just can't someone enlist in the army, right? You just can't give them the keys to the nuclear weapons, right? <laughs> right off yeah. that, like the first <laughs> week, you know, they have to go through certain things. They have to have certain experiences, have certain trainings, et cetera, before they get that right. Even with like Christianity, I had to experience Christianity. I had to experience those other things that my wife and I studied in order for me to, that was the foundation, you know, that was the foundation to lead to where I am today. Cause I had to have some sense of, of something higher like a higher being as in God and even learning about angels um, as a kid in, in, in the church. So I had to have that in order for me to get to the point where I understand subconsciously that, okay, there is something greater than I that I am not able to see, touch, or feel, but it's there. Okay. 
And since that was in place, once the spirituality in Archangel Metatron um, came into play, it was easier for me to, I guess, accept that and understand that. And then when I had that ayahuasca experience, it just really just blew my head off, man. Like, whoa, okay. Because I, I saw things. I saw demons. I, I, like I say all the time, I literally walked with God, the Father, in the desert in Tucson for, for three nights, you know, um, the visions. And and he he just he just secured it for me. He he, he was my comfort. And, and and like when you talk about the book in the eye of the father, that's exactly what that is, because that's how I felt those three nights in the desert. Probably the most challenging thing I've ever had to do was that, that ayahuasca experience. Those three nights were very hard. Um, remember, I started doing the intermittent fasting in 2020. Uh, the spirit spoke on my way up there Friday afternoon and said, "This is what I was literally eating lunch." The spirit said, "This is going to be your last meal of the day." And mm -hmm. this last meal until Monday morning, I should say. And uh, so I did that fasted. I cut off uh, communication from the world. I told my wife, I'll, I'll text you when I arrive, but you won't hear from me again until Monday morning. While I was at my hotel during the day, I, I just prayed and I meditated. And I had a couple spiritual books. And uh, I tell you what, that, that first night, you know, the, the father told me it was a, a training grounds of sorts. And he, his, his, message that came through very clear was that it's spiritual warfare going on in the spiritual world as well as on earth and you know again i had to experience everything with christianity and, and, and the trauma and, and going through all of those events in my life in order for me to um, be where i'm at today and, and there's no mistakes people there are no mistakes everything is is really i i honestly believe you know there are different I guess, lanes you can go through in life based on the decisions you make. In fact, those realities may exist somewhere else, you know, um, but th th that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I don't mean to ramble on. <laughs> no, no, it's great. And I think, um, you know, your story is very, the book is laid out obviously chronologically and before we really delve into like, the newer developments, I still kind of want to <laughs> explore like that, the, the periods of your life when you were a Christian, cause like in the store, in your story, um, you know, it seems like there, there are different challenges that you were facing, like, like having your first son, you, mm -hmm. you made it seem like a challenge having people, um, pass away in your life. And there was a lot of, uh, I really like the parts of just like about forgiveness too. Cause that's huge. Like yeah, you laid it out like, but it, you phrase it very nicely. You explained um, your childhood and like your father and everything, but you did it in a very like graceful way. Like saying like, you know, there's no grudge, there's no beef, there's no, yeah. but like in those, t but the thing I'm taking away from the story is that like in those years, you were still kind of like using the Christianity mm -hmm. foundation to move forward. And I'm just curious, like kind of what that looked like, like when you were reading the Bible, were there any, um, I almost, I'm always curious, like how people use the Bible because okay. in Christianity, the Bible is literally everything, everything. And, yeah. and it's, it's basically a library with different authors from different eras, different contexts. And then people will just <laughs> pick, pick a quote they like. And it's like, they, they treat it like it's a continuous 
uh, one thing, but it's actually lots of different things. So like, what was your, um, when, when in, in your pre 2020 years, like how are you quote unquote using Christianity, like in a tangible way? Like what, what were your, um, what was your relationship with the Bible and like, how were you kind of using that foundation in those situations before the, the, the big awakening? So I'll start as early as I can remember in regards to uh, being being a, a Christian, right? And I didn't become a Christian until probably about seven years old. We lived in Toledo, Ohio. Um, after this is when my parents separated and uh, we, we moved to Ohio and my mom then decided to make some changes in her life. She started going to church. So that's when my church uh, journey began. Um, then fast forward. And, and, and at that time, man, I'm like seven, eight years old, you know, I was just doing what I was told to do. You know, she said, we're going to go to church. Okay. We're going to go to church. We're going to go to Sunday school. We're going to, we're going to read the Bible, some scripture. I think I went to like, they called it vacation Bible school um, during the week. I just, I didn't think much of it. They said, okay, there's this God character in the sky and Jesus is his son and they love me. And Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Okay. I just roll with it, whatever. Um, now fast forward to 11 years old, sixth grade, actually sixth through eighth grade. 11, 12, 13. This is when my father um, was in my life again at this point for a solid year, year and a half. And this is where a lot of the abuse, like middle school was, that was middle school years were some of the most challenging years of my life. So uh, when a lot of that physical and psychological verbal abuse happened, that is when I really honed in on everything I had been taught from seven, eight years old, right? So when my father would come home tripping and beating, beating us, cussing us out and doing all that, all that stuff. When he was finished all that, I remember just going to my room and crying, getting down on my knees at the foot, foot of my bed and just crying out to God, asking God to make a change, to make a change. Then I would literally just open up the Bible without any thought of where I'm going to, what scripture or what book or what gospel I'm going to turn to and just open up that Bible and I would read something. And I kid you not, every single time that I would do that, it was something that resonated with me in that moment in regards to what I had just went through. And I remember <clears throat> one time when my father beat up my brother pretty bad and literally disowned him, he said, damn it, I disowned you as my son. I went into my room, got on my, 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 my knees to do my prayer, pray for a few minutes, opened up the Bible and I opened to Psalms 46. And it said, God is my strength. My God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then I just felt in my spirit that everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. So that was like my, my tactic each and every time. I found myself doing that a lot. And then going to church on Sundays, man, I remember just, you know, just crying and crying out to God, man, like make this change. I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm, I was living in fear you know, straight up fear. Fast forward to when my son was born. I'm freaking 19 years old. Okay. I'm not married, had a job, wasn't paying a whole lot of money. I didn't know what to do. You know, all I knew is that I was about to have a kid and I want to be a better father than my father was. He and his mother and I didn't work out after a couple of years. So by the time my son was five, I became a single father. Right. And it was hard, man. It was hard trying to raise him, trying to work, trying to pay bills, trying to have my own personal life and time. And things got hard with money, 
Um, things got hard with just not knowing where to go. And I just remember going, like, I've always gone to my closet. I just remember going in my closet, and just crying out to God, like, what is going on? Why is life like this? What am I to do next? I don't have any direction, any guidance. You know, through, through high school, my father, he, he wasn't in my life. And then soon after high school, he kind of came back in my life and we were around, but the relationship wasn't as such where I felt comfortable going to him, asking him for assistance or, or help or advice or any of that stuff. But each time I had, had a, a challenging event in my life where things got hard, man, I was opening up that Bible. Um, my mom would give me scriptures to read. Um, I would cry out to Christ. Uh, man, I would just keep my butt in church. And uh, that that was pretty much the gist of it, man. Just, you know, reading that Bible, going to church. And I did a lot of praying, brother, a lot of praying. I was down in my closet often praying and crying out and asking for change. But looking back on it, that's all I was doing. I didn't know that, <laughs> you know, it, it's more to it if you pray for something that, you know, you had to put action behind it. Right. <laughs> like, you know, you, you can we, we all can can do whatever we want, manifest whatever we want, but we just can't ask for it and expect it to drop on our laps. You know, there has to be action behind it. And uh, I didn't learn that until later on in life. But I, I don't want to say all those prayers and reading the Bible were, were in vain because they certainly weren't. Um, those times really brought me close to God. You know, they, they, they really did. And you know, just looking back on it, I really never had anything to worry about. I did so much worrying. I just never had anything to worry about, but I did worry, you know, and uh, God showed me time and time again that uh, regardless of, of what I go through, um, all is all is well, you know, all is well. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what, you know, it it takes balls to like just put all put your your whole story out there, you know, cause it's, it's intense and it's hard, but yeah. what I, I mean, what I always am thinking about is like what leads people to faith, what leads people to um, spirituality. And it it's often is like a trauma or like a yeah. hardship because I mean, I truly don't think anybody has a perfect life. Like I don't, I don't right. think that's even possible. I agree. But but even if people, you know, if people were just like good looking from a rich family whose parents were perfect and everything was perfect, perfect, perfect. And God was just out of the picture and like everything was kind of handed to them and everything just went perfect. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't really, maybe they would be very agnostic or very kind of like mm. whatever. But it, it's it's interesting just how when life inevitably kind of like throws you these crazy curveballs, it's kind of like a sink or swim situation. And sometimes all you can do is is pray. And sometimes yeah. you're just gonna pray to whatever um you you were shown or whatever you were raised with or whatever uh religion kind of sets it up for you. So I, I think um, that's what your, your book kind of, that's what I took away from your book and what related to about your book is just like, you know, like having faith and having um, hope and um, 
usually leads you to better places because really gradually your story gets better and better. Like, and, and it seems like it leads you to this place where you are. And I'm sure things aren't just totally perfect for you now, but like you have a lot to show for yourself now after kind of having that faith and not giving up, you know? Yeah. There, there, it's something, something very, very valuable in, in, in faith, man. And, and not giving up something very valuable in it, man. Um, even when you're at your lowest, you know, we, even when those times that you get all the adversity in the world and you have all the challenges in the world, but you keep somewhere deep in your heart, a feeling of I'm going to be all right, or I'm going to make it through this, or there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's like the hardest thing in the world to do. Right. Why? Because those thoughts, those emotions that we experience going through those challenging time are fear-based, you know, and fear is a mofo, bro. We know that, right? Fear yeah. is a bully. Fear will kick your ass. Fear will control you. Fear will do everything to you that I experienced growing up with my dad. Right. So it was very important for me to learn how to control fear. And from there, or actually before that, or, or not even before that, but that whole process through 2020 and even 21, even to this day, has been, like, been a healing process for me from those traumatic events. And doing the gateway meditation has been the most essential tool to me healing and going through that. That, that healing process from experiencing those traumatic events and going back to fear. Um, you know, I went skydiving in August of 2020, the most craziest thing I think I've ever done, but very, very necessary. Now, if you would have asked me a year prior, would I go up 15, 20,000 feet in a plane and jump? Hell no, not happening. I don't do that. I don't get down like that. But it, again, it was one of those things because I made the effort, towards healing and, and doing better and bettering myself, my life, my health, trying to be a better husband, a better father is one of those things that really worked in my favor. And again, it taught me how to control fear that week leading up to the, to the jump was probably one of the most challenging weeks of my life. Okay. But I learned how to control that fear. So actually right before I jumped, I was so calm and so cool. I had gotten to the point where I realized that, again, fear is a bully and fear actually fears something. It fears itself. It fears not being able to fear, make us fear anymore. That's its fear, right? And so once I changed that mindset and I said, okay, this, this fear thing is a punk, it's a bully, and made that jump. And then along with that ayahuasca ceremony, like I, I, like, I feel like there's nothing I cannot do. You know, and I don't say that in an egotistical way. I say that knowing that everything I need to control fear and to manifest this life I want is within. It's within. And, and that's nothing but the spirit of the Most High Father, the conscious, the universe, the source, whatever we want to call it, right? We have been blessed with everything we need within. And so I became aware of this. And this was something else that was life changing for me, you know? And that's why I don't, I got to the point where I don't worry. I used to do so much worrying, Dan. It was ridiculous how much I used to worry about everything. I was worried about my health, worried about my children, worried about my marriage, worried about my job, worried about my mom. You know, through meditation and healing and, and, and having this newfound sense of awareness and, and realizing that, that the father, that the source lives within, 
and, 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 and it's full of all this unconditional love and this unconditional forgiveness and this, and, and it's just full of any and everything you need in, in any and every moment. Once I realized that, man, game over, brother, game over, you know? And again, I don't say that in an egotistical way. I just say that knowing or having a closer relationship with the most high that that's what it is. Yeah. I, I really like what you're saying about this and I can't help but, but ask when you're talking about fear, what, what is coming to my mind? Like I love hearing, hearing your take on all of this stuff, your wisdom on all of this stuff. Um, but when I think of uh, Christianity and especially like in the new age versus Christian dichotomy that I'm constantly thinking about and playing with and experiencing fear is actually like a major part of Christianity. Yes, it is. What, what are your thoughts on that? Just to how fear fits into that, uh, that worldview or that religion. Yeah, man. I know all about it, man. That fear, that's, that's within Christianity. Um, in regards to my thoughts on it, I think it's, it's purposely done. It was purposely done thousands of years ago, maybe even longer than that as a form of control, as a form of not allowing, um, or not enabling, not for us to, to enable ourselves to, to ascend higher, to have a, a higher level of consciousness, Christ consciousness, because if you live in fear, you can't do that because fear is such a low vibration. It might be the lowest of all low, uh, low vibrations. But if, if, if you, you live in fear, there is no way that you can ascend to a higher level, the level that we are meant to ascend to through, through, a, through a conscious mind, right? Through the awareness that I, I spoke of just a few minutes ago. So it, and, and what it is, Dan, it's, it's an energy, right? It's a, it's a dark energy, you know, that has, um, infested humanity uh, probably since the very beginning and have have put things in place just like the father talks to me and lives within me and, and you and, and and we get these these messages from 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 the higher consciousness source and and, and, and its divine beings there there's there's some play going on on the other side too man in this darkness and this darkness is 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 trying to fight what we're doing and we're, we're fighting what they're trying to do it's it's literally spiritual warfare that's been going on since the dawn of the ages man um so it's it's without doubt man you know and again i, I don't want to come down hard on, on christians i'm obviously not christian but was christian for the majority of my life but um with Christianity, man, my, my experience is at least is you're you're literally you're literally chained, man. You're literally chained. You know, you're you're put in a box and you're chained and you're told what to do and how to live and what you can't do. You know, and uh, there there's no freedom in that. There's no liberation in that. And I know the God I love and the God that lives within me, the source of the universe lives within me, won't um, send me to to hell if I don't believe in Christ as the Son you know, or the savior, you know, I know that the, I know that the, the father that lives within me, uh, doesn't want me to, to be, to live in fear and to live with those chains inside of the box. Right. He wants me to have a great life. He wants me to have that, that sense of freedom, that sense of liberation. He wants me to be my best. And, and for me, Christianity, I couldn't be my best because of those fear tactics that they use, you know, but, um, you know, breaking out of Christianity and realizing that, that God is not something that, 
somewhere else, but rather in me. I mean, God to me is everything, man. God are the mountains I see out my window. God is the ocean I swam in when I lived in San Diego. God is the air I breathe. God is everything that is that is that isn't man-made. You know, mm-hmm. every every natural creation is is God, and I really believe that there were things put in place many, many, many moons ago to prevent people from realizing these things. Yeah, it's it's really tricky because um, even when I was on your show, that's what I that's what was on my mind too. I remember that. Yes, there there are major um, kind of waves of conversion, I guess. Um, of Christian to new age and back and forth and back and forth. And, um, and I, and I witness lots of different people um, kind of share, you know, share their views on, uh, or, or just share their experience of Christianity, you know, and a lot of them, um, talk about fear like it's a virtue like fear fear of god is a real is like the the beginning of wisdom they say like be afraid of the real consequences of your actions which i i I can get behind certain things like i don't think you should have hubris like i don't think you should just think that you're capable of of things that are impossible or just be like arrogant or prideful or crazy but i mean the more i pick it pick apart like the psychology of christianity and the uh, it is programming um and and there's people out there who you know i don't i don't even like to use the name new age when i'm talking about what we're talking new age is just a huge umbrella umbrella right of basically anything outside the box yeah. christianity is the box well, and is everything outside of the box um but um i'm wondering like it's re- it's it's would you say that like the, well what what are your thoughts on just 20 like 2020 forward of this shift we're in in relation to like everything you've experienced because like your story the big shift lands right on time in the big global shift or whatever right. the hell we're going through. So what right. are your thoughts on like what we're going through and how it relates to your story? Well, you know, that's a great question, man. And the more and more I talk to people, the more people I talk to, I should say, it seems like a lot of people are aware of the shift that happened in 2020, right? Not only in the world, but within as well. A lot of people have become quote unquote awakened and and, and have had this shift in consciousness, if you will. And what I know to be true is that the greater source divine being is just getting his team together. I mean, we've always been, and obviously it has always known who we are, but I honestly believe, in fact, I honestly know, I shouldn't even say believe this, this is when you know, you know, but people have gone through this shift in consciousness and, and awareness because there has been something greater that has been dropped in their spirit in regards to needing to become aware to be used for the universe's ultimate plan, you know, um, without doubt, you know, in, in, and like I said, people can feel that, man. Things are just different. We've we've gone we've gone in a different direction. And 
you know, this whole thing, and I don't even like to call it conspiracy theories because all these quote unquote conspiracy theories, I think they're, <laughs> they've pretty much been proven to be true, right? Mm-hmm. So you see these things happening and these things going on in the world with the virus and with the jab and and, and with these governments and, and, and the world. And, and a lot of people that thought that these people, these people that, that won the show were for them, for the people. People said, okay, no, they're not for the people. They're for themselves. And they have this plan for us. And it's not a good plan. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about doom and gloom and, 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 and uh, you know, end of times and all this. And I tell people all the time, hey, 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 yeah, that, that stuff is going on. But let's not forget about the light now. You know, yeah, the dark is doing their thing, but let's, and that's, people always focus on the darkness. Like, let's focus on the light. Let's focus on who we are and what we are and what lives inside us and what we're capable of doing with fighting this thing that's going on. And a lot of what we're doing, the majority of what we're doing, we won't be able to fight it just on this plane right here, we, we need to go higher. We need to, people need to start having out-of-body ex- experiences and going to the spiritual world to gather information and to gather awareness in regards of what to do to defeat this dark thing that's going on. And I'm not saying this is going to, this defeat is going to happen in a year, two years. No, this is going to drag out for a long time, you know, but it's just been a shift in consciousness where, you know, we, we may have been right here, but now, you know, we, we've received some downloads and some information and, and this awareness has come. Now we're, we're, we're kind of right here. And in due time, we're going to get another one and we're going to go higher and higher. And the darkness knows this. Like these people that are running all these, doing all this crazy shit, they know. They know what's going on. You know, they know what's going on. That's why they're starting to act even stupider and doing crazier things. They know what's going on. But I definitely think their their time is limited. And I definitely think that uh, the, the the source uh, has put put people in place to do some amazing things, amazing things in this world. You know, as we know, the, the veil is, has been lifted and, and people are, are definitely more aware. And it's going to be some more stuff that's going to go on. And, and, and trust me, it's not going to be easy. You know, our, our job is not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it, you know, and uh, that, that's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I'm with you and there, there, so like cons- conspiracy, like I've been into conspiracy since like I was in high school, like since like yeah. the early days of the internet really. And um, that is like, there that is dark there that is what i would just straight up call evil out there in the world and um there definitely seems like there has to be a fine balance between um acknowledging the evil because there's a a lot of people who won't even acknowledge it right within themselves or out in the world oh ton yeah and even just so like i and and it just gets me thinking of like your message earlier just like all the all the stuff that you were struggling with that that prayer and god and and christianity as your foundation helped you through was based in fear like the the shit that was happening in 2020 was fear i mean it was fear based and it wasn't i wasn't really afraid of the actual covid virus like i thought it was I caught it. I actually, okay. I take that back. I caught COVID. I got really sick and was terrified, but um, mm. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of it. Like the way that the average 
CNN watcher would be afraid of it, but right, I, was, right. I, I was and have been afraid of, you know, like the Klaus Schwab's and like the, the globalists, like the idea of like the mm-hmm. big bad globalists coming down and, and every day, you know, they're still showing themselves and, sh- and even now it's like food shortages and all of this stuff. But, um, yeah, late, like these days, um, cons- I feel like conspiracy as like a, uh, a sub subculture is shifting too. And I think a lot of people are, um, are focusing more on the light and just being like, yeah, we've talked about how bad things are and how evil the world is for the past two years straight. Let's focus on the good. Let's, let's figure out if the world does go to shit, like how are we going to survive in it? How are we going to do all this stuff? So I, I definitely feel like the tide is turning and I don't know if you have any thoughts on that just as you, cause you're a podcast host too. You're having these conversations. I'm sure you have some thoughts on like where we're at in 2022 after two years of, of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and I agree with you, man. Like you said, now this year people are starting to talk about the light, right? And, and these are some of the same people who felt that shift of consciousness or, or whatever we want to call it in 2020. I think that when people experience that, right, they may not fully understand it, right? They know things are different and they may not know a whole lot about it, but you know, they may have, may view things different. The world events and people who, who run the world, they, they view it different, but they may not have a, a really a full understanding of why they're going through a shift, right? But as they continue to um, have their life experiences and as they continue to receive, uh, become more aware, I think that's the best way to say it, then they get to a point where they're able to talk about the light right? And they're able to kind of see things in a different light, if you will, because they're growing in their consciousness or growing in their spirituality, you know, where um, for me, you know, my role was, was a little bit different, you know, uh, because I, I decided, you know, and I'm sure there are others out there as well, probably a lot of other people, you know, I decided to, um, you know, do the skydiving and, and work on myself in regards to healing, because I, I kind of knew if, if I'm going to be going in this direction, that I had to first work on me, right? Like, how can I be used by the source for the greater good of humanity, if I still have all these issues that I need to work through, right? And I think, probably, man, nine times out of nine out of 10, or even 10 out of 10, people need to go through some sort of healing. We've all had um, experiences in our lives that have left us with uh, trauma, you know, probably just different scales, right? Uh, Whether it's, uh, you know, people dealt with uh, substance abuse or alcoholic abuse or, you know, a really bad one, obviously, is is when kids um, are are sexually abused by by family, friends, or whoever, you know. Um, So I think that as people continue in the light and grow in consciousness and then the divine will lead a way for them to have that healing that is necessary. They will go through that healing and they will be used in greater ways and in greater scales for humanity. And, and not just for fighting this evil darkness. That's just a piece of it. Like personally for me, and we're all different personally for me, my, my, my journey or my greatest 
thing that is close to my heart is helping those who truly need help. And I say those who truly need help because people can say they need help all day, but everybody says they need help don't, doesn't really need help. We all need help on a certain level. But I just want to give back and I just want to help people. You know, that that's my thing personally. But I definitely believe, just to circle back to your question, as people grow and become more aware and they become closer to the divine, whether they realize it or not, you know, that's just going to bring more light and, and make the world vibrate at a higher level to to deal with all this chaos and confusion that's going on in the world today and that's pretty much what it is just chaos and confusion that's the dark that's its job right just to cause chaos and confusion and it's our job to bring light to that so yeah totally so um with with the changes that in your story took place in 2012 and involved a lot of different stuff that ultimately took you to the point where you don't really identify as a Christian. Can you kind of tell that part of the story? Like when, when did you kind of say, okay, Christianity was part of my store, my background, um, my timeline, but at this point I'm not that like, what did that look like for you? Great question. So, all right. So I talked about the, the skydiving event and uh, what, what I did, was I, I went out and I purchased, I learned everything I could about Archangel Metatron. That was the first thing I did. Okay. Then I went out and, and bought um, a Metatron's cube that I hang in my closet. I actually made it like a sacred space, what I like to call it in my closet, where I have this uh, altar set up, right? And uh, where this guy around my neck, you know, my Metatron's cube. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, I saw, I saw that when we were hanging out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so man, I, I bought, I bought sage, I bought crystals, I bought crystal grids and, uh, all this stuff. Um, I, I mean, pretty much I looked up like, wow, this isn't a Christian thing to do. Right. But I mean, it's like the first week that I put, set all that up right in my home, all this, I could not, not even myself, but my wife, in fact, she mentioned it before I even mentioned it to her. We literally felt this energy shift. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Cause I'm like feeling it real, really strong now as I tell this story, mm-hmm. but the energy in our home, Dan, it shifted and it felt so good, man. And it still feels good. Like we've gotten used to it now, but when we initially did that, it, the energy was unbelievable. It was just like this energy of just love and good feeling, man. And once that happened, I said, wow, I've never felt this doing any type of Christianity, practicing Christianity. And it was like within that moment, I knew that this is what I'm supposed to do. This is who I'm supposed to be. Like straight up. And then my wife and I, we started learning some other stuff about, you know, about the Bible and about Christ and all this other stuff that really sat well in, in our spirit. And, and it just comes down to how the Bible has been changed. Things have been added and taken away. And, you know, the story of Christ is not exactly, I don't believe it's exactly how it's portrayed in the Bible. In fact, I went through a period of time where I really had to think about if Christ even really existed. I went through that too for a long time, man, for a long time, you know, just based off what I was reading and, and researching, you know, a lot of it, 
some of the stuff added up. You know, I'm at the point now where I believe Christ did exist, um, but just not in the manner that, you know, the world has been told. Obviously, I don't believe he's the savior, but I believe he was a a great man, very gifted and, and had was able to tap into that divine to the point where he was able to do a lot of great things in this in this world. But uh, yeah, man, when, when I had that feeling, that energy in my home and I'm looking at this altar and, and looking at I'm burning incense and doing all that. I was like, I'm not a Christian anymore. This is the Christians don't believe in this, you know? So, and that, that was pretty much it, man. That was pretty much it. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's really interesting. And, um, just the, the ways, like, I agree with you. So I think that like the religion of Christianity is one thing, but like, the way people use it on a personal level is another okay. thing. Like even, okay. even like before um, when you're talking about kind of like crying out to God and like moments of like big, uh, big turning points or big chaos. Like I, I think I always think, you know, too, like um, when we think of like the, the battle of good and evil, I, I do think that, the Christians are on the side of good. Like I, I think, and especially when you're talking about all these people being called to do whatever they're doing in the, this like kind of like big <laughs> spiritual war. Like I get the sense that like ultimately the Christians and the new agers are on the same team, but lately, you know, especially with people that I follow, I'm just hearing like Christ, uh, the new ages, the luciferian satanic deception it's like deception 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 <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and um it's and and i'm wondering if if you've had any like pullback yet from like because because christianity is programming and i know i've felt it like when we talked in your show i was there like if if maybe if like you've had any pullback or any doubts or any fears, or maybe if like family has influenced that in any way, just on this like new, new side of your personal spirituality. Yeah. I mean, without doubt, man, I've, I've definitely freaked a lot of people out, especially family, you know, again, you know, I was always this, this quiet dude kind of just kind of went with the flow to working with crystals and, you know, all this other stuff going on. But um, I, I'd say, Man, probably for for a solid year, maybe I, I did go back and forth. There was a period of time, man, when I was, hey, man, I hope I'm doing the right thing here. Mm-hmm. You know, I obviously didn't. I, you know, came to a point where I didn't identify as a Christian anymore, but that was still definitely there. Like, am am I am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? My wife and I would talk about it and kind of go back and forth about it. But the longer I've been in it. I've definitely, without doubt, gotten to a point where I am confident and very comfortable in, in saying I am doing the right thing. Um, and, and it wasn't easy getting there because, as we as we know, that that Christianity does a hell of a job with the programming. But I would think about God, right, and how great God is and how great God has been to me in my life and how regardless of whatever challenge I went through, that it was necessary and it prepared me and made me wiser and stronger 
And over the years, even as a Christian, I developed this really solid, phenomenal relationship with God without doubt. And so with that being developed and that there and to where I'm at now, that love is so strong that I don't worry about if it's a pro or if, if it's the wrong thing I'm doing because of the relationship that I've established mm-hmm. with God over time. It's like, even yet, I have nothing to worry about. Let's just say at the end of the day, when I leave this place and I and come to find out I was wrong, right? That Christianity is the way. And it was about, you know, about Jesus being the savior. There's no doubt without a shadow of doubt in my mind where when I get to wherever I'm going, once I leave this place, that I'm going to be welcomed with open arms and with lots of love. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Because I know God, I, there's, there's a connection there. There's a relationship there. For all I know, if, if Christianity is the way, for all I know, I, I just see him embracing me saying, son, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. You know, you, you did a lot of good things. Your, your heart was in the right place. You, you, you help people. And I understand that being a human is not easy. And you're going to have those thoughts and those, those, challenges, those challenges. But I'm here to say, job well done. Thank you for, for doing my work on, on earth. So, but again, I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, in fact, I'm going to go as far as I know that's not going to happen because I know within my heart, this is my reality. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I feel like I found my purpose. But, yeah, I did struggle with that, man, without doubt for, for, for a period of time, you know. And, uh, yeah, people, family members, you know, again, my mom, she, she lives with me, man. She, she'll be 81 this year and she's old school, bro. So, like, yeah. boy, what you doing? What you doing? <laughs> Say, mom, I love God just like you do. God loves me just like like he loves you. You know, you know, just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember when I was go- kind of going through it too and, and afraid fear here, here mm-hmm. we go with the fear again. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and my brother, um, my brother is super spiritual and he had his spiritual awakenings via sobriety and like the 12 steps. And so he taught, he talks about praying and about connecting with God and about like letting God take the wheel all like, he's like, he's like more spiritual than me. Like he's literally sober. Like he, he has his shit together spiritually and just in his life. And when he was talking to me about God one time, when I was like in a fear base, like what if it's well, like, what if it's only Jesus? He's like, I mean, he's like, I experience God like in very random situations, just like, and, and he was kind of going into experiential, like divine experiences, which I all, also have all the time. He's like, man, one time I just saw, <laughs> he's like, I saw this uh, couple like eating a, eating like a hot fudge Sunday and they were just like so stoked and it was so pure and they were like in love and happy. And he was like, that was God. And, he's, and, and I could relate to that. He's, he, he just said it was just these two, these two people. He was like this, these two like Mexican people like eating a hot fudge Sunday, like was so pure. And just like this moment yeah. of like, that is God. And like, 
when I think of um, the people who I still follow and see out there talking about Christianity, it's like rules, doctrines, and like, not only is it just rules and doctrines, like you have to believe in hell, you have to be afraid of, of going to hell, you have to be afraid of the devil, but it's also like they turn on each other and it just seems even just like the image of Jesus um, being like this gruesome image of him on the cross, which is like a, uh, it's gruesome. And it, there's, it just seems very like man-made and very like the, the, that men are kind of creating these rules and these cliques and these clubs and turning people against each other. And, and when I think about God, it's like, you know, literally right after we were hanging out and then I drove off and then was behind the wheel of a car, I felt I had a God experience. I was crying. And then ultimately, ultimately I quit. I, I didn't show up for my first day of my new job. I remember you told me that you called yeah. yeah, cause I had texted you and you were like, Hey, actually I just got off the phone with my former new boss. So I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And, but, but like, that's undeniable. Yeah. And, um, those experiences, and it seems like you're talking about a lot of them too. Like it's in, it's, it's intense because it's so out of the ordinary of your like mundane life, but it's so much like, it's, it's like, re- it's so much more real. Yes. Then the clicks and the clubs of Christianity and exactly. the rules and the, the book quoting the book and quote right. picking out your favorite quotes of the book. And I, I'm I'm just being a little cynical because like I'm projecting my own um struggle because I, I there's there's waves of conversion happening in this community that um mm. and I'm looking from the outside in or sometimes the inside out, but yeah, I think just like all of this stuff, like the healing and the relationship with God that you're talking about, I totally resonate with that. And like God is um, pull, push, nudging you in the direction that actually feels way better than where you're at. But it's freaking scary to take yeah. that leap of, leap of faith. Man, it's one of the scariest things you'll ever do. Why? Because you have to be real. There's no lying. There's no faking. You have to look in the mirror and you have to ask questions. You have to answer those questions and you have to go through it. No going around it. You have to go through it. And as we know, that fear is a mofo. But my thing is God places the very best things in life on the other side of fear. That has been my experience, and that has been the experience of many others that have gone through that fear. You know, it's tough. It's tough. And I tell you what, being a Christian didn't lead to my healing at all. You know, doing spirituality did. I was was a Christian, as we know, for, for many years, but I didn't. I can't say I didn't start my, my healing process because I actually started my healing process in San Diego when I was a Christian, um, when my wife, <laughs> we were driving home from LA and she said, you know what? Cause I always like to tell you a little bit about my father, man, he did a lot of bad things, but you know, he was like this Jekyll and Hyde character, right? And I love my dad so much. And I love him to this day, but even like when he would drink and he would do those terrible things, on the other hand, he, he could be, man, he was like the nicest guy you want to meet, man. The sweetest dude you ever, would do anything for you, give your shirt off your back. Like everybody loved him. The people that didn't know his dark side, right? Loved him. You know, he's just a really solid dude. 
in that regard. And I was always raised to believe, oh, your, your, your father was a, was, was a great man. He was a great man. And that's what I always thought. And then I remember my, my wife telling me, like, your dad wasn't all that great. And that just kind of hit me. And like the light bulb went off. I was like, damn, you know what? You're right. And then so that's when my healing process started, because I started to analyze all that before it was just in me. And I had all these issues and some of them I recognized, some of them I didn't. But once I started to analyze self is when that healing process really, really took effect. And that really, really took effect once I moved to Arizona and started spirituality. And I learned that, okay, yes, I've gone through a lot of trauma. However, because of that trauma, I also have some ways about me that need to change, you know, and I had to own that and I wasn't aware of a lot of it. You know, I always thought I was this really nice, cool dude, but no, I had some ways about me that needed to change like flat out. And that's a scary thing to do. That's like, you have to let go of ego. And, and I'm not saying I have, I don't think it's a good thing to totally let go of ego hundred percent. I know a lot of spiritual people talk about, it. I think we need our ego for, for certain things in certain situations. Right. But um, I really had to just kind of peel back those layers, man, and, and say, yeah, this is what happened. And this is why I am the way I am. And that, that's, that's, that's a scary thing to do, man. It is. It really is. But, you know, for me, it was just, it was so perfect because I went through the skydiving experience. It taught me how to deal with fear, which led to me, um, you know, I, obviously, actually, I started doing the meditating for meditation first and went to skydiving and with the ayahuasca experience. And so the, the father has just been just guiding me through. And I always say, you know, God is, is my he's my everything, but he's also my tool, you know, because it's me that's making the decision to do these things. Right. I don't have to do anything. Right. I could just continue to sit on my ass and I try to heal myself and I try to better myself. God's still going to love me but I wouldn't have that personal feeling of satisfaction is like, I found my purpose in life. You know, if I would just sat on my ass and not do anything about it, but I had to get up off my tail, face my fears, do some healing. And, and that allowed me to step into my purpose. And that allowed me to be changed forever, man. You know, and I'm still healing. I'm still healing. I'm, I'm probably going to be healing a long time. I'm, I'm definitely in a better place today than I was a year, two years ago, but I'm still healing, man. I'm, it, it's, it's, it's this never ending journey of peeling back the layers and, and blossoming into something or someone greater, right? It's just, it's just, that's, that's what it is. And that's the beauty of it all. It's, it's not, it's, it's no one set way. My experience is going to be different than this person's experience. So I can't necessarily tell people exactly what they need to do to get to where they need to be to find their purpose. But what I can tell them to learn how to deal with fear, to control fear. Um, I definitely advise people to, to begin some type of meditation and uh, develop a, a mindset of knowing, you know, knowing, okay. And, 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 and being very, uh, having that intention, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like to me, there's no try either you do or you don't, you know? And, and, and now I'm talking about like in regards to manifesting healing or manifesting anything that you, you want to accomplish or have in life. We, we have it all. Again, I always go back to, we have all the tools necessary that have been gifted to us inside to do anything we want. And I, I just thank God that, I'm a living proof of that. And I'm not doing anything special that anyone else can, can, can or cannot do. Everybody can do it, you know, but 
you know, you just have to freaking do it and you have to go about it a certain way and the spirit will lead you, lead you and guide you to that way. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we're getting kind of towards the end. Um, I'm curious kind of to close it out um, where like becoming a podcaster fits into all of this. Like how did, how did like actually starting the podcast um, unfold and then kind of where, what have you learned from the whole process of, of that? Well, you know, being a podcaster has been amazing. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that I would have never thought I'd do. Um, actually, podcasting has been a part of my healing process as well, because it's forcing me to open up. It's forcing me to communicate, which I had issues doing before. It's forcing me to express myself. And I, I absolutely think that is one of the main reasons why I was led by the spirit to start a podcast, not only to help others, which is, is very important, but I, I, I had to help myself before I could do that. You know, and just like you on your podcast, we talk about truth. We, we, we lift the veil. Um, and it, it, it's just been amazing. And, and now I've gotten to the point where um, the spirit spoke again. This was actually last year. He told me to start a nonprofit. So I've done that now. It's called Tangelic. And I'm going to be doing some really great things um, this year with Tangelic. And Tangelic is an organization that helps people move past trauma. And I I'm, do a lot of work with the homeless as well. Homeless, the homeless have a special place in my heart. You know, I have a brother that was homeless uh, on the streets of LA for and 15 plus years, literally lived on Skid Row. If anyone knows what Skid Row is in LA. And I remember he took me there when I visited him in LA about 15 and maybe 20 years ago. He said, Jess, I used to live here. This was my home. And it just really blew my mind. And, uh, so I was led to do that, but, uh, and, and that's part of my healing process too, man. Everything I do is, is not only helping others, but it's, it's helping myself as well. And, uh, I think that's important. I think that's important. I think it's more important that I'm, I'm aware of that, you know, I'm very aware. So I thank God. Yeah, that's awesome. You kind of mentioned the, the homeless, uh, or the, the charity thing when we hung out in person and, I was, I, I'm with you on that too, because, um, especially lately, because like I, I lived in a ski town for the past two years. I lived in Chicago for seven years before then moved to a ski town and now I'm back in, um, in Denver and like, I'm seeing homeless people again and like the, uh, the stigma and just like the there's there's more homeless people out here like in the western united states these days than like right. ever before yep. it's like it's like a um there's a lot of uh i feel like there's extra stigma because there's like states like california who have all these problems which you can blame on the government but but i feel like it gives people an excuse to be even less humane to the people that are on the street and you're kind of like Oh, I hate Gavin Newsom. So, like, fuck these homeless. Fuck this guy on the street. Fuck this. Junkie. Exactly right. So, right. I I was thinking about that today, like being back in a city again, and it's just mm -hmm. like, dude, those people need it. Need our help more than anybody. Yeah, man. And it's like I don't really do a whole lot in my day to day to make a difference, and I do think like, oh, this is like a, just a stupid blue state problem what are these like fucking um 
blue state governors or mayors or whoever like and then you but you end up think you end up thinking being even worse to the actual people out there who are like really suffering so Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for you to, to launch Tangelic and see where it goes. And, and that's, that's great that you're doing that. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. There, there are a lot of people who, who need a lot of help, man. And, you know, um, we, we all have had our, our challenges. Uh, but one thing that, um, I, I, I do know and strongly believe is that people should have a, um, somewhere that they can lay their head at night and a meal to eat, regardless of what they've done or what they've been through. That's to me, that's just like a human right, you know, and uh, things, things can be different and things will be different for, for people in need, you know, such as, such as the homeless, you know, so. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, Justin, this has been great catching up Um, again. Like I, I, I wanted to finish the book before, we talked and I recently finished it. I really liked it. I really liked just your writing style was really like straightforward and, and you wanted me as the reader, I wanted to like know what was going to happen next. And so it was, it was a good read and I recommend uh, everybody check out in the eye of the father. Um, So for our listeners, can you share where people can find you and what you're working on? Oh, absolutely. So uh, the hidden gateway.com is my website. I do a weekly podcast, as I mentioned before, I have a guest each and every week. And uh, those episodes can be found on all your major uh, podcast streaming platforms, as well as Rumble. Uh, was on YouTube. I haven't posted on YouTube in a while uh, because of censorship issues. You know, you get those strikes, you know, you talk about certain things and they, they ban you for a bit. So I haven't posted on YouTube in a bit. Uh, but I have a, a IG as well, Hidden Gateway. Um, Instagram, you know, uh, where I post uh, daily memes and, and, and topics of, of social issues and world events. And uh, my Tangelic website uh, will be complete within a week. Oh, and nice. uh, yeah, and then you can get the book in the eye of the father, a memoir of faith and redemption that can be found on, on Amazon for eleven ninety nine. And um, yeah, I'm just, my, my goal, man, is just to keep grinding with the podcast and really get Tangelic going. In fact, I, I uh, tomorrow I have a meeting with a uh, organization here in the Phoenix area. They're called Funds for Empowerment, and uh, what they do, they work with the homeless. Uh, they don't do like the handout services. They're more so um, in regards to policies and compliance, making sure that the city of Phoenix and the state of Arizona are doing the right things that they say they're supposed to do uh, when it comes to homeless people. So I have a meeting tomorrow with them at one o'clock. I'm really excited for and. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I want to thank you, Dan, for having me on, man. This is this is really great. You you have an awesome show. You're a great dude, man. We can't wait to connect with you again in person. I'm gonna, I'm going to find my way to to Denver probably sometime, if not later this year, next year, man. And yeah, we, we definitely have to link up, brother. Definitely. Yeah, and I've got to get. I've got to go. I hope I go back to Arizona soon because, like, <laughs> I, I love it out there. I could, yeah. totally, I could totally move there. I don't think yeah. I'm going to, but I, I see it in in my uh, lifetime. Hope, hopefully, if I, if I would be so blessed. But uh, thanks again, Justin, for coming on, and um, definitely everybody check out the Hidden Gateway uh, in the Eye of the Father and Tangelic. And I hope I can share a link by the time that this is released. So. Yeah, Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, appreciate you.
righty. Thanks, guys, for sticking through my interview with Justin Williams. Make sure to follow The Hidden Gateway on um, all podcast platforms. And I definitely recommend you get a copy of his book, In the Eye of the Father. Um, it was a good read, and it's inspiring to read people's stories like that. So I highly recommend that. Um, follow me on social media. My Instagram is at cosmic underscore keys underscore podcast. My Twitter is at cosmic keys seven seven seven. If you guys want to support the show, um, a great way to do that is through Rockfin. Rockfin is like a uncensored area of the internet where I can put special content up that you know I wouldn't normally put out there into the general public. I am working on creating new content for Rockfin that's going to be Rockfin exclusive. I am also in the works of reframing my Patreon. I'm thinking this is, I'm just throwing this out there before I have anything officially planned, but I am thinking I'm going to have my more controversial, censorable content on Rockfin that's more the conspiracy, more the kind of, um, stuff that would get me flagged and banned and shadow banned. I think I'm going to put a lot of that content on Rockfin. And then my plan for Patreon to revive the Patreon is going to be to have more exclusive astrology content. Because I know a lot of you guys listen to this show for the astrology, and I'm thinking of revamping that. I do have a Patreon right now, um, if you do want to support me. But you know, I'm throwing that out there. I'm throwing this out here because again, this is my full-time job now and I am I have more time to do this. I have more time to put out exclusive content and I'm planning on ways to do that. But at the very least, I'm putting out consistent episodes now twice a week, one episode for astrology and one episode of an interview. And before I when I had a full-time job, that wasn't quite so consistent. So we're getting into this show being more consistent, more real. And if you like it, definitely subscribe to the Rockfin, support me on Patreon, or if you just really want to help me out, write a review on either Spotify or Apple podcasts to help me, um, you know, get more views and stuff like that. And I love reading your guys' reviews. I love the positive feedback, and it means a lot. So thank you all for the continued support throughout these years. Thank you for um, pushing me forward to keep this thing going. And I'm really excited to keep this thing going and to expand this thing and to take it to the next level. So um, until next time, guys, have a great rest of your week. Stay tuned for my forecast for next week. And if you didn't know... This week's astrology is pretty intense. At this point, Jupiter has entered Aries at the time of the release of this. Mercury has stationed retrograde. And this Sunday evening, there is going to be a full moon lunar eclipse square Saturn in Scorpio. So we we do have a blood moon this weekend. And if you do want to learn all about the astrology of this week, as things in the news seem to get crazy, um, check out my weekly astrology forecast episodes all right guys until next time have a great week and i'll see you later